Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Training Unleashed. We're going to have another great episode today. Got a terrific guest. First, though, let me thank our sponsors, C-Suite TV and C-Suite Radio. They are really amazing sponsors, and without them, I couldn't do the show. My guest is Robin Rosenberg. She's the CEO and founder of Live In Their World, and she is a psychologist. And I think we're going to have a pretty interesting conversation. And let me just start off with Live In Their World. What does that mean? Why did you pick that as the name of your company? Thanks for having me. Um, the reason it's called Live in Their World is because the domain Walk in My Shoes was not available. Um, our program in part uses virtual reality. And what we do is allow people to literally be in the feet of uh, people from different demographic groups and experience what it's like to be in the workplace um, and experience the effects of bias and incivility, you know, disrespect, often unintentional. And so we wanted a name that really captured the emotional learning that is so powerful in that. And, and as I say, walk in my shoes wasn't available. So live in live in their world. We thought about live in my world, live in their world. Um, but for most of it's, it's walking in someone else's shoes and hence their world. Yeah. Well, I actually like the name. Um, so you're real. So I, I like to think of scenario based training. Uh, but you're really taking that to an, as, as a good way to train. You're really taking that to the next level. Correct. Um, the VR virtual reality is exquisitely good when it's well done at what we call emotional learning, which is yeah. really powerful and very different than cognitive learning. Um, and for the kinds of skills that, that we are trying to reach, um, which are really basically about respect. Um, I mean, there's inclusion you know, DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, but yeah. fundamentally those are really about respect and a willingness to learn what it means to be respectful for different people. Um, emotional learning is incredibly powerful. I, I totally agree with you. And I have gone through a lot of emotional intelligence training and emotional experience, experiential training myself and you know I'm a lifelong learner and it, whenever you do experiential work it, it has just it, it makes a massive shift because you're, right. you're shifting your being more than just shifting your intellect so to speak so I, I'm very intrigued with this is this training that has to be done like in your facility or is this training that can be done anywhere so it can be done anywhere because of the pandemic and work from away, we had to pivot from using an Oculus headset in the workplace. So there are two ways, two additional ways people can have a VR experience. One is what's uh, called a mobile VR, which is where you put 
your smartphone in what's called a, a mobile VR headset. Yeah. Um, and the other is just where it's called immersive video. If, if you or your listeners have ever seen a YouTube 360 video where you can kind of move around somewhat literally in, yeah. in a scene. So those, and no technology needed for that aside for a computer. So um, yeah, it can be done anywhere. And is it leader led or is it, you know, something that's done SCORM based and, and done on a learning management system? So it's actually done on our platform because we we also provide cognitive learning because emotional learning isn't enough, right? Yeah. I mean, it's powerful and it's really motivating. But what we want to do is really train habits, right? So that the idea is after a while, you don't even have to think about it, that it becomes automatic. So it, it's what's called distributed learning or drip learning over time. Um, so it's all done on our platform and it's scalable. Um, it, it, we do have separate leadership training because leaders have additional responsibilities, if you will. Yeah. Um, individual contributors don't have, but, but for organizations in general, it's, um, any, anyone can do it. <laughs> well, that it, it's, it's, it sounds fascinating. Um, just a, you know, it, it's in our company. We do augmented reality. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're we looking forward to dabbling in virtual reality, um, but it's you know we're we're all, you know, pretty much e-learning as opposed to uh, doing it. I don't know what your technology does, but it, it sounds like it's more of a you're doing it and experiencing it. Is it more group or is it all one-on-one? So um, it's, it's what we might call low touch, which is individuals come onto our platform and they go through our program over in small amounts over time. Ah. So um, there's, there's no, we do also offer leadership training that is kind of live, if you will, um, because of, you know, and we also offer one-on-one coaching um, for the same executive coaching and as well as DEI coaching, but the the VR related program is is absolutely so low touch it's no touch. <laughs> yeah. That and and people just do it individually on their own time. Although we do recommend that that teams or working groups go through sort of st- go through it in the same cadence so that everybody understands what's expected. And then also becomes water cooler conversation because you know, sure. like, wow, I didn't know this. And wow, this was, um, so, yeah. So, and, and you know, I, I know very little about your company uh, and, you know, obviously you're very innovative because there are not a lot of people that are successfully using VR training now, which I'm sure has our, our learners very, very, very interested. Is your expertise the training that you're providing or the modality? Meaning if I wanted, if as a company, I was looking to do virtual reality training, maybe on the customer experience or things that weren't emotional intelligence per se, but more 
about deep experiential experiences. In other words, do you create training for customers? If, if, if I was somebody that wanted training, or is it really just your content that you do and you're not, you don't see yourself as a VR development company? We're definitely not a VR development company. And even in this space, what we do is relatively unique. So there are VR companies that do what's called just-in-time learning. So if I need to learn how to fire someone, right? Yeah. If I've never done that before. There, you know, you can use VR to run you through. We don't do that. Um, we we actually don't do any one and dones, so to speak. Any any one and done type of training. Our ambitions are 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 broader and deeper. Yeah. Um, and and so what we are really about is creating a respectful work environment for everybody and yep. upskilling people for that respectful engagement. You know, it's a really fraught virtual workplace now for most people. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's it, it even the most gifted of us can have a hard time having hard conversations. Um, you know, how do you give and take feedback about stuff that's charged? And and so really that ultimately that's what we're trying to do is is really upskill people. Um, and so that kind of learning, you need a, a real curriculum and it has to happen over time. So, so your your primary curriculum is around diversity, accept, acceptance, inclusion, or do you have other types of? I'm just trying to understand your depth of, uh, of offering. So it's it's we you could call it DEI, although I I think fundamentally what we're actually about is respect in the workplace. Yeah, because you know jerks can can be cannot discriminate right? they can just be jerks um so it, it, it's dei plus if you will yeah right okay uh, that makes sense because it's um you know he helping people when there's a jerk in the workplace how do you deal with that we, you know we do um anti-sexual harassment training uh we do leadership what we call leadership for civility training um in in our leadership stuff and also really leading well in a hybrid environment and again because of the inequity issues that come up with that are particular to hybrid that are on top of all of the other sort of you know inclusion and inequity issues in a workplace um so it it's it's broader it's it's really about creating a respectful work environment interesting so, you know, it's interesting when I do this, I, I rarely ask this many questions about the company itself, right? Because most companies are, you know, it's easy because it, you, they all fit in a square peg, right? right. And you're a round peg and I'm looking for that square hole. <laughs> uh, and so I just find your company fascinating. Do you, if I, you know, let's just say, I, you know, I had a company and I want to utilize you, um, would you do an investigation or understanding about the culture and create custom content if somebody was big enough? Or is it essentially the same training for everyone? Because it, 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 and I'm not saying that's bad, by the way, because 
you know, the concepts I think are universal. Right. Um, for a big enough client, absolutely, we can we can do custom content. Um, we have content in the pipeline that is, of course, easier to customize. Yeah. Um, but even for existing content, yeah, we would. Um, there's, I mean, it's really interesting because we are quite different. Even in the VR, you know, DEI space, what we're doing is different because we're not doing just-in-time learning. And so, um, but people seem, we also collect data, I should say, you know, I'm a psychologist. And so it's what I, what I really want to do is move the needle. Yeah. Versus appear to move the needle. <laughs> and so built into our program is data collection over time. Yeah. So let's, for a moment, step away from the VR, which is to me like that shiny thing. I just want to talk about VR, VR, VR. But let's just talk about the training you do. Maybe some case studies, don't mention the names of the companies because that's obviously not important. Mm -hmm. But you know, experiences the companies had, people have gone through your training. What are the results that companies see? So uh, part of what they see is um, subtle changes in behavior. So for instance, I, I um, these are examples that I know just personally having um, talked to some people who had done the training. Um, so in one of our, part of our program, there's something that you probably haven't ever experienced, but many women have, which is when a man comes over to your workstation, you're sitting and he's looking at something on your computer with you, but his crotch is in your face. Unintentionally, unintentionally, <laughs> unintentionally. Okay. Unintentionally, just it's just sort of the way you know the environment is 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 uh, to see the computer, and and that can be quite uncomfortable. And and it, it seems like. By the way, men have a men similar situation. Men have a similar situation where a part of the woman's anatomy is in their face, which they don't necessarily want to be looking at either. Great, great example. Awkward. Great example. So um, uh, quite a number of men who did the relevant part of our training have, have told me that um, it was a very powerful experience having another man's crotch in their face. <laughs> and, and so we, one of the things that they learned is in that situation, either we both sit together, we both stand together, we both, you know, like easy fixes these are subtle but very powerful and so i mean that's just one example of um you know these little behavioral changes um that have a huge impact for people yeah so one of the reasons i'm asking this question is in a recent podcast i interviewed the and i can't remember his name but the ceo of via group which does a lot of of DEI training and, and, and consulting work. And the big thing that he really emphasized was that this wasn't just about socially good, but mm -hmm. really about it being economically good for companies, that it, it helps you attract the right people, diversity of thought, it creates better products and better business. Right. So there, the, um, there's a, 
very significant research literature. So I'm a psychologist, so I, I think yeah, please. Wait, on, on what's the cost of incivility, right? So incivility is kind of low level um, disrespect, right? So there's DEI again, and then there's the general jerkdom, right? Yeah. So incivility includes jerkdom as well as, as DEI, but the cost of incivility or lack of inclusion or what, you know, whatever we want to call that bubble of stuff uh, is unbelievably significant. It leads to, you know, like 70 or 80% of people will try to avoid offenders, which gets into working group issues. If you're trying to avoid someone, they'll do a sort of work slowdown, you know, for instance, oh, was I supposed to get back to you, to, you know, urgently? I'm sorry, I didn't see your email, right? You know, sort of payback. Yeah. Um, things that are really bad for the company, you know, 12 to 15% pre-COVID of people quit because of incivility in the workplace is much higher now. Um, you have attrition, and then there's the branding issues, right? Of what, you know, for things like glass ceiling or just social media, when it's known that, um, it's a, either a toxic work environment or a non-inclusive work environment. It's really, really bad. We know there's, again, great data that when employees, when, when there is incivility, whatever form that takes, whether it's discriminatory or um, if you have customer-facing employees, they in turn take it out on customers, right? It's, it's even unconscious. I mean, it's not necessarily you know, well, they did this to me, so I'm going to do this to the customer. It's like a contagion thing Yeah, um, that is really detrimental to the work environment. So there are all kinds of indirect cost savings from really stepping up and making the workplace a better place to work for everyone. And then, of course, there are the lawsuits or the, you know, possibility of lawsuits. And so it really is risk mitigation to uh, upskill everyone. I, I think that the benefits are absolutely huge. Um, and, you know, it, it's interesting. Most people think who are managers, that there's no issues. But that's not the reality. There's no issues in their mind. Because they're, they're the ones in power. Um, right. And we, then, we all have blind spots. I mean, that's, yeah. in fact, that's one of the action items for leaders and managers is to regularly be asking, you know, in team meetings, what are we missing, right? It's to be open to that feedback and recognizing how are things go? Like, just what are we missing on whatever our strategic goals are, you know, whatever the project is, but it's also how, how are we doing here yeah. as a working group? Yeah, no, 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 no doubt about it. And, you know, the other thing I think organizations fight with all the time is high producer who exhibits insensitivity. Right. Um, and, you know, it, it, it can be uh, it can be a major issue. And I've watched companies avoid it. And it's ultimately never a good idea, at least my experience. It's never a good idea. And, and honestly, in this day and age, um, even high performers who are 
either jerks or discriminatory or you know whatever um understand that it, it's really not okay you know you can just peg part of their compensation to how inclusive are they or how respectful are they right they can be high performers but there are ways to shift the incentive structure i mean yeah. i coached people who you know fundamentally didn't quite understand and i i think if they're at all open to learning um they get it right i mean with with good training or coaching they they it's it, you're not in opposition to them but it's like oh you mean i could be an even higher performer if if only i you know tweak these these things that i do that get in my way of, of being even better yeah Tortle Training's Learning Matter experts are passionate about designing effective solutions that move the needle. Whether your organization needs development of e-learning courses, instructor-led training, or assistance with creating optimized electronic versions of employee handbooks, our team can help. To learn more, visit tortle.com slash learning dash development. You know, it's it's interesting the conversation because I think everyone clearly understands when someone is sexually harassing someone or someone's bullying somebody and it's blatant. But what you're really talking about is the unconscious, unintentional bias and impact that that has inside companies. Right. And it, well, as well as the obvious. Um, yeah. I mean. What can be obvious to others isn't necessarily obvious to oneself. And to your point, um, I think that there are work environments where leaders or managers look the other way. So it, it is blatant, it is obvious, and everyone knows. But there, there haven't the incentive structure hasn't shifted um, to to make it actually unacceptable. And so we're 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 trying to be in that space as well so that there's what's called social accountability, which is when when a whole working group or a whole organization or division does our program, everybody becomes crystal clear about what's supposed to happen, right? Yeah. And so everyone is now aligned toward that and it's much more obvious and, and kind of a lot more raised eyebrows for behavior that was allowed before. Um, so, and that's, yeah. So let's go back to VR, because I'm okay. very interested to me. Sure. Uh, if let's say I'm a company, I want to work with you. We are essentially going to buy headsets that people put their cell phones into to work with your technology, or is it more the kind of thing you were talking about earlier, where you kind of simulate without the headsets being necessary? It's up to the company. The company decides um, which or how many of the three ways the VR content can be viewed. If they're in office and want to buy an Oculus headset and set it up in a stall you know, or a cubby and yeah. run people through fine. If they want to ship some or all of their employees you know, mobile VR headsets or just the, the company branded cardboard ones they can order fine if they want to give people a $20 budget and they can or everyone orders it on Amazon fine or they don't want to have any extra equipment and people watch it as immersive video on their computer that's fine you could give employees the choice it we actually let the company 100% decide how they want to do it 
So I'm going to ask a geeky question. Yes. Some of the concerns that I hear about VR is some people have issues watching it because they become uncomfortable and, right. and things of that nature. Do you run into that? Not at all. Um, so I am someone who gets motion sick unbelievably easily <laughs> when I fly. I have to take Dramamine. And so I'm the beta tester. Um, in fact, what happens in our VR experiences um, is you don't, the person you are being doesn't move around in space. So you don't have any motion sick risk. Okay. Um, because I'm a psychologist, I've also been really careful, you know, we don't want to traumatize anyone. Um, and so have been really careful that way as well. I mean, it's emotionally very powerful, but it's not traumatizing. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So when someone takes a course, is it like this lesson's like an hour and then you take another lesson or the lesson's 15 minutes? How much time is it? Got it. So um, I've tried to use the science of learning and what we know, the science of psychology and what we know works and doesn't work with DEI interventions for all the different aspects of the program, including pacing, which is what you're talking about. Um, one of the things we know is if, if any of your listeners or you've ever been to a conference, you know how by the afternoon you, you kind of can't really take in any more information? Yeah. You're sitting there and you're re-recording over the information you already received. Right. You're, you're full, right? Yeah. The, the, the store is kind of closed. Um, what we've tried to do is really make it self-paced. So when you've had enough, you, you can stop and it'll, the platform will pick up where you left off. So our, our methodology is, is what's called track-based. So we have a lot of different tracks and companies decide which tracks different working groups take and the order and blah, blah, blah. But even within a track, the whole track can take anywhere from an hour and a half to two and a quarter hours, depending on reading speed for the emotional learning, uh, the cognitive learning part and, and the data collection part, because we have questionnaires. Um, and also how many questions people get wrong in the e-learning, because if you, we really want people to learn. So we have adaptive learning where if you get key concepts wrong, of course, we always explain why every wrong answer is wrong. Yeah. Uh, but we'll test you again after we explain on, you know, on some other facet. So it can take anywhere, anywhere from an hour and a quarter, an hour and a half to two and a quarter hours. But for, and, and each track has three modules, but which is more than you need to know. But the point is, for any part of the track, when you've had enough for now, or your phone is ringing, or you have an urgent call, yeah. stop. And then you just come back to it, and we ping you. There's a deadline for each track, and we just ping you as you're, if you're getting close and haven't, you know, close to the deadline and haven't finished, because there's no virtue in your, you know, blasting through it to get through it. Right. Right. I mean, the VR part is compelling no matter what, but. Um, it, you know, the learning isn't happening when people are just trying to get through it. And so, you know, we know that lots of one and done trainings, you know, where they're one off trainings, whether it's an hour, a day, you know, or three days. It's, you know, 
first of all, one, one, one trial learning isn't enough for these kinds of more subtle nuance, contextual skills, but also when people have, you know, when they've taken in what they can take in, they can't take in anymore. There's no virtue. Yeah. So we've really tried to address that in the pacing. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you some of the things I love about what you're doing. First off, it, it's clearly well done training, right? It's, it's, it's the, the best way to train. Mm -hmm. uh, but the other thing that I like about it is because VR training is so new, that you're probably going to get a lot of senior executives just curious enough because they can really actually take the training. Because uh, in a lot of companies, the biggest problem you have is senior management just want to take the training. They're right. too busy, right? They're too busy. Right. And I would see this as something as, oh yeah, I can put on a headset, I can do this training. This would be really, you know, cool. Now whether that's true ten years from now, uh, right. or not. I, I don't know, but I would see the adoption to be much easier than saying to somebody, you know, you're just going to sit down and, and take, you know, two hours of training on a traditional online university. Exactly. And, and in fact, we, we, you know, it works best when leaders take the training first. Oh, yeah. Um, and so there is there is that curious piece. And your point is so well taken about 10 years from now, who knows? You know, I, I actually do wonder about what what I call empathy fatigue in 10 years um, to the extent that VR is, is really utilized a lot more. It's, it'd be fascinating to see. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's, it, it's interesting. 3D movies, which were all the rage, and I'm going, this is great. They're never going to go back. Every action movie in the world is going to be 3D for the rest of my life. And they, they have toned down. They don't do it as much. Um, yeah. Some theaters don't show it, and, and apparently there are you know people that don't don't like it. I never I never would have I never would have uh, you know experienced it. But it does sound like you know it's not like someone's riding a roller coaster in your VR train. Um, right. and, no, and I I do think seeing and experiencing things that you just really can't do. Uh, on a two-dimensional uh, format, you know, make, makes a lot of sense. Right. Um, the, v, the VR um, portions of, of each track are about 22 to 25 minutes. And that's because we really want people to see it in scene after scene after scene that it's not just, oh, they're being so sensitive, right? Yeah. You know, what's the big deal here? that it just what the mental load is. Um, so, and also how, so what can it, what can I do differently? We're, we're trying to upscale three different positions that all of us will be in, in a given work week, where the person who was often inadvertently disrespectful, right? And it's like, well, what, but, but what should I do instead? Right. So it's yeah. great to understand what you did, but we need to tell you what to do instead. Right. The kinds of things. Right. There are many things you could do instead where the person who was disrespected and it's like, should I say anything? You know, if I say something, should I say it in front of everyone else? You know, should I speak privately? And we, we sort of go through the permutations of what should I do? And then there's the bystander that we want to convert to an upstander. Right. Which is. I see this, I get it, what should I do? Yeah. And there are many ways 
to handle it in a positive way. So it's just giving people the tools so they can really deeply understand the underlying principles of yeah. how to handle it. So we are going to definitely run out of time here, but I'm sure that there are people that are very intrigued. So tell us a little bit about the company and how people reach you and who sure. are your ideal customers? Great questions. Um, our ideal customers are really um, any organization that wants to upskill its employees to create a more respectful and better work environment for virtual or not um, for its employees. Um, for our leadership training, again, is any company that really wants to do a deeper dive in, in helping leaders really get to the next level and, and all of the good things that happen from that. Um, our website is liveintheirworld.com. You can reach me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm the only Robin Rosenberg psychologist, although there are other Robin Rosenbergs. Uh, our company is on LinkedIn. We're on Twitter. The other thing to know, and we have a ton of articles and stuff on our website. The other thing to know is we always have either a white paper or an ebook available to download on our publications page as part of the thought leadership page. So yep. um, by the time this comes out, the next one will be an ebook that is uh, the psychology of leading with respect. Uh, better performance and more engagement. And because I'm a psychologist, of course, I can't, can't resist <laughs> injecting the, the under psychological underpinnings of this. And it's not just a, you know, this is what you should do, but really here's, let's understand human nature to understand why. You have a podcast too, right? I do. Thank you for mentioning that. I yeah. forgot about that. Uh, it's called Their World. Yep. And we um, interview people uh, from various relevant walks of life to talk about things like inclusion and risk mitigation. We our, our actually first guest was an attorney, which was really interesting hearing his perspective on um, DEI work. So yeah. it's relation to risk mitigation. So uh, you can reach me at Robin at Live in Their World. You can reach me in the contact page of our website, you know, I guess through LinkedIn, you can reach me all kinds of ways. A lot of so just to, for clarity, what's the smallest size company that's ideal to work for you and the largest size company that's ideal to work with you? I mean, we can work with a company of 10. I mean, okay. it's really, it, we're, and we can work with a company of, you know, a hundred thousand plus, um, you know, we, we need to, deal with bandwidth issues for our platform for you know for really really large companies but that's a problem we know how to solve and um so yeah we're infinitely scalable cool this is great so as our listeners know we always end our program with asking our guests if you had one tip to share what would that one tip be so what is your one tip robin the one tip would be to uh, really treat each other's treat treat your colleagues and customers and business partners with respect and be even more focused on that than you are and watch and see the results 
So what you're saying is really pay attention to how respectful you can be and then see the change. That That's cool. I like that. Right. I I'm, like that. It's encouraging people to be little mini scientists. Yeah. Like some data, right? Like, yeah. A, B testing. You've been doing A, now try B and see what happens. I do, I do a thing where uh, I put acknowledgement in my life. So oh, I, I try to do deep acknowledgements, not like so a, a simple acknowledgement would be you are a great guest. I appreciate you for being on my show. And I think most people, you would know better than I, sometimes just let that breeze by as, yeah. But if I said, and, and I mean this sincerely, and I'll give you an acknowledgement, that you were a terrific guest because you really shared new ideas with the audience and you take DE and I and really take it to the next level. You take technology to the next level. People listening to the show learned about a really appropriate use of, of VR technology. And they also learned, because you're not just about the technology, about emotional training and education and, and how to do it right. So people listening to the show really got a lot of benefit. You were a gift to the show and a gift to the listener. Evan, let me respond in kind, which is you have been an amazing host. Um, it has been a real pleasure to know you. Um, and I look forward to knowing you better. Me too. With that, thank you for being a guest. I want to thank C-Suite Radio and C-Suite TV as being a sponsor. And of course, I want to thank all of you, the listeners. Without you, there wouldn't be a show. Everyone have a great day. Training Unleashed is brought to you by Tortal Training, specializing in e-learning and interactive online training solutions for corporate, government, nonprofit, and franchise organizations. Tortal makes effective training easier. Just go to tortal.net to gain access to real-world tools that can make a difference. That's tortal.net, T-O-R-T-A-L, tortal.net. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>